listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. You can't force balance. The nuance of homeostasis. If you're a serious martial artist, or any athlete, or even a muggle who is still interested in good health, you may be aware of dietary supplements on the market that use claims in their advertising like boosts your immune system, or supports heart health, or promotes regularity. Have you ever wondered why these claims are couched in such vague language? Boosts, supports, promotes, Where are words like cure or treat? Well, this kind of language stems directly from a law administered by the Food and Drug Administration. You see, dietary supplements are not in the same legal category as drugs, and therefore they are required by law to state on their label, usually in tiny, tiny print, that the supplement is not intended to, quote, diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, unquote. Only drugs which have been rigorously tested and approved can, at least in the U.S., legally claim to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent. That leaves dietary supplements with weak, mealy-mouthed claims like supports, boosts, or promotes. So what's my point? What difference does it make what language the makers of supplements use in their advertising? If through rigorous scientific testing the supplement had been proven to diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease, it would be marketed as a drug. The dietary supplement industry sells a wide assortment of vitamins, minerals, herbal concoctions, and other trendy substances. Some of these, like vitamins, serve legitimate, proven physiological purposes, in some cases. By some cases, I mean that unless your doctor has found that you have a deficiency of a particular vitamin or mineral, you almost surely get all of it that you need from a well-balanced diet. One of the best examples of this is vitamin C. Most people way overdose on vitamin C. While this has not been determined to be dangerous, it is certainly a waste of money. But this fact doesn't prevent millions of people from megadosing on vitamin C, either regularly or especially when they think they feel a cold coming on. Why has this worthless practice become so widespread? The backstory is interesting. It goes back to the early 60s when a famous man named Linus Pauling a man who won both a Nobel Prize for chemistry and another for peace, was given medical advice by a quack. 
This man advised Pauling to drastically increase his vitamin C intake. Pauling tried it and decided that it made an improvement in his health. On the strength of this, Pauling became a powerful and enthusiastic promoter of megadosing on vitamin C. Over the subsequent years and decades, he wrote best-selling books and gave hundreds of presentations and lectures on this subject. In the years since, rigorous scientific study has proven Pauling's beliefs about vitamin C to be completely wrong. Now, wouldn't you expect a trained scientist to have been more rigorous in his own thinking? As it turns out, scientists are humans, with quirky, fallible brains, just like you and me. While they frequently have been educated to this fact, that doesn't make them immune to human cognitive weakness. That's why it's so important for scientists to inoculate against this effect by replicating each other's work, and for a large majority of scientists in that field to come to a consensus. Which is just what they did in this case, and they weren't scared off by Dr. Pauling's status as a Nobel laureate. He was wrong. The current consensus is that if you eat a balanced diet, you're getting all the vitamin C you need. No supplementation is necessary. Oh, and by the way, the fact that most Americans think first of oranges when they think of dietary vitamin C is based less on science and more on advertising. Associations of citrus growers have pumped many millions of dollars for decades into making us think this way. The truth is that lots of foods are more dense with vitamin C than oranges, like red bell peppers, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, chili peppers, and kale. And they don't bring along the level of fructose that the oranges carry. Vitamin C is a big shiny example of a supplement that is overconsumed, but is by no means the only one. Getting back to the mealy-mouthed language used in the advertising of dietary supplements, the claims such language make are sufficiently vague that they can be legally made. If you listen regularly to this podcast, you know that I am a real nerd about words and language. So when I see words like boost, support, and promote used by supplement manufacturers, to me they are not only vague, they are frequently downright misleading. Now to understand this, you need to know about the sciency sounding word mentioned in the subtitle of this episode, homeostasis. Homeostasis is an organism's process of maintaining a stable internal environment, which allows for the functions necessary for life to proceed. Let me unpack that a bit. Your body relies on a lot of different processes to go correctly for you to stay healthy and alive. Many of these processes require a very specific chemical environment to work. In every case, the correct environment sits in the Goldilocks sweet zone between two dangerous extremes. When that state between extremes is achieved, that system is said to be in homeostatic balance. For example, if you have a proper balance in your body between the amount of water and the amounts of calcium, phosphorus, and sodium, congratulations, you will not develop kidney stones large enough to be a problem. 
You see, almost all of us develop tiny kidney stones all the time, but they pass out of us in our urine and we don't feel them. Of course, the other extreme, not having enough calcium, phosphorus, and sodium, is equally bad. So taking in more of these minerals than you need can cause problems as well. Again, a normal, balanced diet is all that most folks need. So we're talking balance here. The sweet spot at the center of the spectrum. Many other systems maintain an equally delicate balance. Your blood pH, its place on the spectrum between acid and alkaline, should stay within a range that goes from 7.35 to 7.45, or slightly alkaline. Too far in one direction leads to an unpleasant condition called acidosis, and too far in the other direction results in an equally unpleasant state called alkalosis. Your blood sugar, if you're healthy, should be in the narrow range between 4.4 and 6.1 moles per liter. Much higher than that leads to glucose toxicity. Lower leads to hypoglycemia. Your immune system is actually a very complex series of systems, each of which relies on homeostatic balance. But the system I want to talk about more extensively today is one that might surprise you if you don't stay current with medical science. It's the balance between antioxidants and free radicals. First, a little basic science. We've all heard of antioxidants. Promoters of dietary supplements and so-called superfoods shout the purported benefits of antioxidants at us loudly and continuously in their advertising. But what the hell are free radicals? The element oxygen exists in its most common and stable form as a molecule made up of two oxygen atoms connected with stable electron bonds. But certain processes, like in the case of the human body, the very important process of metabolism, result in a quantity of these stable oxygen molecules being ripped apart into two unstable, dangerous, unpaired oxygen atoms or other equally unstable molecules. These molecules are called free radicals, or more precisely, reactive oxygen species. How's that for some sciency jargon? Anyway, the unpaired electron on a free radical can do damage to other molecules by ripping an electron away from one of them in order to become stable itself. This wrecking ball of a molecule, along with a sufficient number of other free radicals, can wreak havoc with cellular structures, important proteins, even your DNA. Back in the 90s, researchers began to see an increase in evidence that free radicals played a significant role in a number of diseases, and even in the onset of aging. The news of these preliminary findings drew a lot of attention from the general public. It seemed that your seemingly innocent mitochondria the mighty little powerhouses of cellular metabolism, were spewing out dangerous molecules as a byproduct of generating the very energy you need to live. To make things worse, in addition to the free radicals generated by the processes within your own body, there are sources of them in our environment, especially our modern technological environment. Many forms of radiation, pollution, 
and other toxicants are sources of unpaired electron-wielding rogue molecules. The evidence seemed to indicate that the very act of living in a modern technological age caused cancer and aging. This, of course, helped fuel the fire of the notion that technology was ruining us as a species. The antidote, the kryptonite that neutralizes free radicals, is antioxidant compounds. No wonder they have become so popular, right? So, of course, before the science was more thoroughly understood, the supplement industry promptly built and then enthusiastically jumped onto the bandwagon, producing, selling, and heavily advertising antioxidant supplements. I'm betting that a significant number of those listening to this podcast pay good money for and regularly ingest these pills. I freely admit that, back in the 90s, I certainly did. At that point, I had yet to learn not to be taken in by supplement industry hype. But in the intervening quarter of a century, the science has advanced quite a bit. As is always the case when we learn more about a facet of reality, the truth is more nuanced and complex than we would care to imagine. First of all, our own bodies already manufacture antioxidant compounds of great potency far more effective than those found either in supplements or diet. This is the result of millions of years of evolution. We do need a little help from our diets, most especially for vitamins C and E, but the requirements for each of these is easily met in a normal diet. Now the real kicker. As I've already described, free radicals wreak havoc among the molecules of the fluids and tissues in your body. Yet it turns out that we need free radicals to live. What? How is it possible that something so antithetical to life is necessary for life? For a quarter of a century, we have turned these molecules with unpaired electrons into villainous reflections of what many of us perceive as our toxic modern society. Now it turns out we can't live without them. How is that possible? In recent years, we've learned that your immune system actually uses free radicals as weapons to attack invading bacteria and cancer cells. I picture immune cells tirelessly patrolling our bodies, holding free radicals on leashes like attack dogs. In addition, free radicals act as important signaling molecules that tell cells to reinforce their defenses in some cases, to counteract the aging process. As it turns out, it seems the reason that the elderly have an increased level of free radicals in their systems is not because they are losing the battle against them as they age. No, it is because their bodies are ramping up production of these useful molecules to fight senescence, the very process of aging. Here's a final kicker to this real kicker. Research is uncovering robust evidence that artificially increasing the levels of antioxidants in the system, in other words, taking antioxidant supplements, can lead to more frequent and earlier onset of cancerous tumors. That's right. Taking supplemental antioxidants just might cause you harm. I can't wait to see if this new information will stimulate the development of a new free radical dietary supplement.
the subtitle of today's podcast is The Nuance of Homeostasis. Nuance. One of the features of our quirky human brain is that we have a distaste for subtlety and nuance. We don't want to have to learn about complex systems. Instead, we like quick answers to questions, even if the questions are both complex and extremely important. We also like to try to game the system. That's one reason why so many humans choose to believe strongly in the concept of luck. Being lucky is much simpler than being well-educated. Another way we try to game the system is to throw money at problems, either in a literal or in a figurative sense. In the case of many dietary supplements, we're trying to use pills or elixirs that we have bought in the hopes that we can support, promote, or boost a physiological system that is in reality nearly always exquisitely balanced. Balance is a subtle, nuanced thing. Delicate. Hundreds of millions of years of evolution have refined these various homeostatic balances to exquisite degrees. The best way to support, promote, and boost these various carefully balanced physiological systems is to get plenty of exercise, eat properly, sleep properly, and listen to your doctor. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think. And check out old episodes of the Martial Brain Podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Martial Brain. The Martial Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Martial Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.